Stay tuned for the Moving Lives Forward podcast, helping you overcome everyday challenges and helping you help others in your community. Thanks to Metropolitan Family Service for moving lives forward. Welcome to Moving Lives Forward. I'm Rebecca Webb. Today we're taking a look at a program that annually deploys 75,000 members across this nation in service opportunities, including here in Portland. Speaking, of course, of AmeriCorps, a federal program founded in the 90s that continues to connect Americans to essentially community-building opportunities. Oregon and Portland in particular has a rich legacy of nonprofit and service work, so it's no surprise some AmeriCorps members find placements here. If you're curious how the program actually works and you want to hear stories from AmeriCorps workers, stick around. We have them in the studio. First, joining us for a sort of overview of AmeriCorps and to understand how it connects to our nonprofit scene, we have Amanda Hart, AmeriCorps Manager at Metropolitan Family Service. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Glad you're here. Yeah. Give us a bit of an overview, if you will. What is AmeriCorps? Right. So AmeriCorps, in essence, is a a term of service that American citizens um, or legal permanent residents can serve their country, their communities for almost a year at a time. We do also have half-year terms and summer terms, but for the most part, it's a, a person who would like to serve their country in the human services field and environmental work, um, just a way to give back to their community while also uh, hopefully gaining the professional skills and experience to move their lives forward after that term of service. I think we kind of think of it as the sort of 90s version of John Kennedy's 1960s Peace Corps only for America. Is that a valid perception? It is. Is I hear it a lot, and it's also you know it, it it is a shorter term of service. So Peace Corps uh, tends to be, I believe, two to three years, um, whereas for AmeriCorps it's the one year service. Um, and at least with MFS and the work that we do, we're really promoting um, members of that community to come back into these service roles within their community. So uh, whereas Peace Corps, you are moving to another part of the world, uh, essentially, to serve that community, we're really highlighting members within our communities, oftentimes to to provide that service, um, build that leadership within the communities they're from. Got it. And how did you get involved? I uh, found it on Craigslist. (laughs) I I came out of my undergrad uh, school experience in Tacoma, Washington, moved to Portland, and was looking for work in the communities. I had studied anthropology, knew I wanted to give back to the communities I had learned so much about in my college years and um, didn't know exactly how to do that until I, yeah, kind of stumbled upon an AmeriCorps service opportunity with uh, Metropolitan Family Service and found myself in a elementary school in Park Row School District doing a whole lot of things I never knew I would be (laughs) and have been continuing to do that uh, for just about the last 10 years now. So yeah. And now you're running things. And now I run the show. (laughs) It's been full circle experience. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Describe for us what kinds of services does AmeriCorps provide in our communities? 
Yeah. So there are three um, main components. Well, actually, I'll go back to two main components of the service term, um, what we call direct service. So what classes you're teaching, families you're engaging, partnerships you're building, fundraising you're doing for that community and the people you're serving in that role. And then um, what we call member development, where that particular AmeriCorps member is there to, um, while they're providing these services to the community, also be gaining the professional skills, development, um, and opportunities for themselves to grow in that role and beyond. Um, So it looks a lot of different ways, a lot of that development, we as an agency and as a program provide those opportunities, but then there are also many hours that we ask the members to look for opportunities for themselves to grow uh, both professionally and personally. Yeah, we're going to hear some of those accounts. Yeah. As you can imagine, AmeriCorps members have unique experiences, so we will meet some of them when we come back. Moving Lives Forward is a podcast by Metropolitan Family Service, an innovative and culturally responsive nonprofit in Portland. Each year, MFS helps over 18,000 people in our community move beyond poverty, inequity, and social isolation. For more, go to metfamily.org. Welcome back to Moving Lives Forward. On the podcast today, our topic is AmeriCorps, a program that has very real impact right here in the Portland area. Still with us, AmeriCorps Manager for Metropolitan Family Service, Amanda Hart. Thanks for sticking around, Amanda. And joining us is Anna Lindberg, AmeriCorps member with the Intergenerational and Older Adults Program. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Tell us how you got involved with AmeriCorps. Yeah, um, so I got involved in AmeriCorps because um, three of my supervisors and jobs that I had throughout college all served at least one year of AmeriCorps and spoke really highly of their experiences. And because I felt really connected to them as um, mentors and we had shared values and morals. I looked into the program for something to do after college. Uh, and as I started looking at programs in Portland, I knew that it was what I wanted to do. I'm interested in a lot of different things and am really excited about learning different things. I'm not really ready to go back to school or jump into a career. So I chose to do AmeriCorps as a sort of buffer year Um gain experience uh, working in human services and just sort of give myself time to explore my interests and get some really solid professional development experience Wonderful. Yeah. And that's actually what you studied, right, was sociology? Um, I was actually an English major. Yeah, One and of you. I'll get to whoever is sociologist. <laughs> is that you, Amanda? Yeah. <laughs> so how does an English major come to this kind of work? Well, <laughs> I thought for a long time I wanted to be a teacher, and I really love working with kids and think that whatever I end up doing, I will be serving kids and families in some way. But I ended up taking the position in the older adults program because I have so much experience working with kids and I wanted something really different. I have a lot of personal experience working 
um, or being around socially isolated older adults, but not professional experience. And so that's why I ended up taking this position. And yeah. Can I add to that Please. as well? So that I just remember uh, when we interviewed Anna and that she had applied for a community schools position and that I just think that's a really great thing to highlight about AmeriCorps is that we're looking for people who are wanting to stretch themselves and challenge themselves in these new experiences. And so while Anna had that experience and background working with youth, when she found out that there was this opportunity to build her skills and and try something new um, by serving in our older adults program instead, that for us is just really a like key component of what makes AmeriCorps so special that we're able to give people opportunities to try something that's maybe outside their comfort zone and looking for people like Anna who are really excited about taking that on. So. Great. So how has that been for you, Anna? You mentioned being around older adults in your personal life. So how did that benefit your ability yeah. to reach out to some well, of these folks? Yeah. So I think when I think about it more deeply, the older adults program is a lot more connected to my own personal life than I think it does because I serve socially isolated older adults in the community. And my dad has MS and he is a, he's very socially isolated. And having that experience with him, I think, really informs the way that I approach the older adults that I serve um, and the way that I connect with them. And I think the position overall, I think, really puts you in touch with a more uh, empathetic side of yourself than um, you might think initially. And it really puts you in touch with like your own mortality, which sounds really heavy and it is, but it it's also just the way that I've been able to learn more about older adults and the way that we age and the way our bodies change and how that affects our mental health and the loved ones around us and the way we're involved in the community. I think that, yeah, I'm learning a lot through this. And so my own personal experience with my dad sort of informs the work I do while the work I do sort of informs like how I'm approaching my relationship with my dad too. For sure. Yeah. You know where we're all headed. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the actual services that you provide. What are you helping people with? Yeah. So one of the main things that I do is I coordinate a, an intergenerational pen pal program with cool. the other AmeriCorps member in the older adults program and then an AmeriCorps member at one of the elementary schools, Salish Ponds. And so we have a pen pal program between about 13 older adult volunteers and the same number of fourth and fifth grade students. And some of the volunteers don't really um, get to communicate with kids outside of this experience or may not be able to leave their homes very easily. So that's a really enriching and just like cute program that we coordinate. <laughs> um, and then I visit with some older adults in the community by phone and also in person. And I also just assist the employees in the older adults program with anything that they need help with. So like volunteer outreach or social media stuff. And I bet they of. need a lot of help with social media, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know our older adults do around Portland Radio Project. Mm -hmm. So 
We talked about it being rewarding, and I bet you're really good at this. I can just tell. But I'm wondering if it isn't sometimes also maybe a little bit heartbreaking, or do you encounter any adults, you know, for whom this relationship is kind of a lifeline? Yeah, it can be really hard work in the sense that, like, some of the women that I I meet with don't have the ability to do anything on their own or might not. Um, For example, one of the women that I meet with in the community is she's nonverbal because she had a tracheotomy and can't Mm -hmm. speak and also can't really do any like normal uh, gesture, just normal things on her own. She can't speak. She can't move her hands. And um, but her son really just wants her to have that social interaction with someone beyond um, himself and the caregivers that that assist her. And so that type of experience can be hard. But I also think that like, I'm, I'm happy to be there and to be to know that I am like brightening her day in some way. And I think that it just more than thinking about it as like heartbreaking or anything like that, just um, knowing that any amount of extra work you're putting in and to like reach out to someone and and show kindness to them can like really make a difference and I think that that's the way I try and look at it more than it making me sad because it could make me sad pretty easily I think. It's really important work you do. Next we're going to meet an AmeriCorps member who works with our youth right after a break. Do you enjoy listening to podcasts? Check out our growing number of locally produced podcasts at Portland Radio Project. Moving Lives Forward is a podcast by Metropolitan Family Service, an innovative and culturally responsive nonprofit in Portland. Each year, MFS helps over 18,000 people in our community move beyond poverty, inequity, and social isolation. For more, go to metfamily.org. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca Webb, your host for today's episode of Moving Lives Forward. On the podcast today, we're exploring AmeriCorps and how it impacts our communities. Amanda Hart is with us. She's a Metropolitan Family Service AmeriCorps manager. And now we're welcoming to the studio Brittany Holland, AmeriCorps member who's placed at Alder Elementary School. Hi, Brittany. Hi, how are you? Great. Nice to have you with us. Now, who are you generally interacting with when you're at Alder Elementary? I am working with fourth and fifth grade young girls at my school. Fourth and fifth grade girls. Tell us about them. What are they like? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have? Uh, They are a very vibrant bunch. I specifically work with a group of diverse young ladies. I made that a very... It's a priority for you? It is a very big priority. I didn't see that there were spaces created for girls of color. So they're fourth and fifth grade girls. They are (laughs) all the things. They're just really amazing, (laughs) really excited. They can be feeling one way one day and then just excited to be coming to class the other. So it's always a joy. They're the best part of my day. Oh, fantastic. I bet they adore you. They do. And they try (laughs) to act like, like, I saw walks like I'll walk down the hall and say hi to them and they won't say hi to me. I was like, oh, you didn't say hi to me. OK. But then once son comes around, hey, Miss Brittany, what are we doing today? So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting it in. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> Cute. 
So what kinds of activities uh, does your program involve? What are you doing with these girls? I am teaching dance and leadership classes. Wow. Fantastic. What kind of dance? Uh, I am doing hip hop because that's what they know and that's what they relate to. Lots of activities that rely on teamwork, um, what leadership looks like, not just listening to one person, but also how to work with each other and listen to each other. So we do a lot of activities revolving around that. And we're doing the Sierra Level Up Challenge. So they're taking on a whole routine throughout the year and doing a big shebang at the end of the year. So tell us a little bit more about that. What's that about? The Sierra Level Up uh-huh. Challenge. So Sierra is a R&B artist. She's an amazing dancer and she's just super positive. So we just, I chose this song. It was on the American what was that radio? Music yeah, music awards. <laughs> and it was just, she's just such a positive influence and just a great role model and dancer. And I love to dance. So I decided to teach them chunks of it just to keep them coming. So teach them a little bit in the fall, teach them a little bit in the winter, teach them a little bit in the spring just to keep them coming back so I won't lose <laughs> anyone. <laughs> And um, and then they do the whole thing and they introduce their own ideas and formations and attention getters and how to bring people in. They perform throughout the year, throughout like showing what they know. And yeah, so they just generally just picking that up and performing and presenting themselves as often as they can. And this is, um, so the class that Brittany's describing is um, what we call our life skills group within the community schools mm-hmm. uh, member position. So um, with Brittany's class, which she's now been doing for two years, because she's been serving uh, with Alder for two years now, has that dance focus, that dance theme, partially based on Brittany's professional background and personal passions, but also what these girls really connected with. Uh, but the life skills group is tied to building that sense of identity and um, their belonging within their school community, within their um, larger communities. And so each member kind of reinterprets what that life skills theme or class is going to be at their uh, particular school site. And so... It's just been really cool to see over the years what how Brittany has developed this class that at first I think was a little bit frustrating oh, <laughs> of, you know, having such a deep background and understanding of dance herself and then and bringing that into um, this particular group of students who were really excited about it, but maybe had some more teamwork building skills and um, understanding each other and where they were coming from. Um, really relying on that mentorship from Brittany in order to get to the place where they could do this team dance together and just how far they've come in that is really amazing. Anyone who's ever taught anyone anything knows (laughs) (laughs) that that (laughs) challenge. What was the hurdle that you needed to get over? Um, It was important for me to be myself, really, being a teacher and that how authenticity is so important when you're teaching because they can read right through it. Mm-hmm. If you're not really true, my, as Amanda was speaking to my first year, I had this idea of showing the modern dance and contemporary and jazz because that's what I, that's what I studied, but didn't really understand that they didn't really have a connection to it, even though it was very important to me. So it's very important that I relate to them. So that's why I teach hip hop. Mm -hmm. And 
just being honest about what's going on, being truthful about what their experiences that they're bringing in from the school day to after school, what I'm bringing in from my day and meeting up with them in the middle during after school and checking in with each other is very important. So that was, I would say, my biggest hurdle is really understanding who I am as a teacher and being honest about it, not trying to create this idea of what a teacher looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, were you searching for this kind of work or did you happen into it? Um, I've always been searching for this kind of work. I was exposed to dance and after school programs when I was a kid. So, and then that led me to keep trying. Like, even if I'm not super great at school, like this is something I always had something to look forward to and it encouraged me in my studies and going to college and continuing on from there. And I've always wanted to work with kids. And that really just kind of speaks to that. Like I wanted to give back and really, it was something that I wish I had when I was little. So I had to create that space. It's just a great fit, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So we have one more, it's gonna be hard to top, but uh, we do have one more AmeriCorps experience right after a short break. Moving Lives Forward is a podcast by Metropolitan Family Service, an innovative and culturally responsive nonprofit in Portland. Each year, MFS helps over 18,000 people in our community move beyond poverty, inequity, and social isolation. For more, go to metfamily.org. Thanks for tuning in. This is Moving Lives Forward. I'm your host, Rebecca Webb. And today we're talking about a service program that truly helps move lives forward, AmeriCorps. In this final segment, we're joined by Rosie Yerke, AmeriCorps member in the Portland area. We're going to pull back the curtain on her story. Thanks for being here, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Economic empowerment is sort of your area, and that's pretty broad. Can you Mm -hmm. help us put a definition to it? Yeah, the goal, I think, for, well, the economic empowerment program, I should say, is growing within Metropolitan Family Service. So the types of things that we're doing, the people we're serving is always growing. And um, that's really exciting for MFS. And it's cool to be part of the program as it's growing and growing. A large part of what we do at the moment is financial education. Um, We help with tax services. Um, The idea is to help families at various Uh, levels of their life and help them just build a successful financial future for themselves. It plays such a crucial role um, for families. And we're trying to sort of insert services where we can to help families sort of move to the next step. And who are you helping? And exactly what are the ways that you're helping them? Yeah. So for me, I'm currently um, helping a lot with the youth financial education component. And so I'm currently teaching a money makers class to fourth and fifth graders. And I'm also supporting and facilitating workshops for our uh, high school youth internship program. And within those, you know, we're trying to equip students with um, some of those financial skills that they'll need moving forward, taking that transition from um, childhood to a young adulthood. And a lot of those experiences can be helped by having just a little brief knowledge of what, you know, is expected of you. And I think the the kids that I've worked with so far, even just having a chance to think about their relationship with money has been really powerful. Excellent. And what kind of background did you 
come to the program with that helps? Yeah, my journey with um, <laughs> with MFS, um, I did my first term actually in community schools. And there was just parts of the community schools that I experienced that I really liked. I liked working with kids and I liked being able to create curriculum. and um, and But I, I didn't have a large base um, of financial education. And that's, I think, where AmeriCorps is a really cool experience because the economic empowerment team sort of brought me in and provided me trainings. And in a lot of ways, you know, I feel like I've gained a lot of financial education just being a part of the program. Win-win. Yeah, (laughs) win-win, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I think that at least in my situation, I feel like it truly is. And so coming in, you know, I've been able to sort of consider my own personal experience with money and, you know, what would have been helpful for me when I was a kid? What would have moved me forward that but then also being from Portland myself, you know, and being able to consider what some of the economic issues are in Portland and that the students are dealing with at this point or families really has provided me just a bigger picture of the, the world of um, economics in Portland and how even a small world like mine can make a difference. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about, you know, is there a profile that you could describe of the fourth and fifth graders you're working with? A profile? Can yeah, what if, I mean, are they coming to you from certain kinds of families or certain regions of Portland? Yeah, so I've been working, um, just speaking of the Money Makers class, I've done a class in the David Douglas School District. I'm working now in Beaverton. And the students that we work with, it's just such a large diversity. And, you know, we've got families who are from Portland, families who have moved to Portland families from different countries that have just been here for a couple months even. Um, So yeah, there's a wide range of students that we serve. Are there any language barriers? Definitely, yeah. I think that's one of the challenges is considering how do we create curriculum that's appropriate if you do have a language barrier? Are there ways that we can incorporate lessons that use visuals, that use audio, that, you know, just trying to think about ways to engage them. And I think a large part of I feel like what we are doing in Money Makers is is the relationship and trying to come to a positive relationship with money. And, you know, money has so much to do with our success. So if we are just getting a chance to relate to the kids and just kind of hear their experience, that that in and of itself is making a difference. Are there some myths for them that you break along the way? I mean, in terms of changing their attitudes about money, do they come to it with ex- expectations, preconceptions? That's a great question. I think that a lot of the students that I've worked with, they're at that moment where they're just starting to use money. With the money makers, they're fourth and fifth grade, and so maybe they're getting an allowance. Maybe they get gifts in their cards. And it's those very first experiences that can be so impactful to a person's understanding of themselves and their relationships with others. And so I think in a lot of ways, kids just... Well, they won't think about what that means, but if they have a moment to just consider what to do with their, you know, 25 bucks that they got from their uncle and they can be responsible and use it in a fun way or use it in a way that sort of helps them move forward, that it can make a big difference. I love it that Mm -hmm. you use the term move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that, I feel like another myth that I see Rosie and, and the other team members with economic empowerment use in both money makers, but also the youth internship program and in financial coaching is just that myth around there being a right and a wrong way to handle money and that that's something that 
they're always talking about across all ages of the people they're working with um, is just it's about understanding your relationship with money and and what feels right to you and that that um, kind of coaching model that's adapted in every aspect of their service with that team is just I think is so important in just yeah building that relationship with money and understanding how it's useful um, to you and to your family and uh, it's it's just really incredible to see that across the ages and um, how people start to have more comfort in talking about it as they kind of break that myth of, yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way. And yeah. Oh, that's so true. It is always interesting to hear like what they would do with a hundred dollars and it's just all over the <laughs> right, board. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what's yeah. one of the wild ones? One of the wild ones. Um, well, speaking of like, they were talking about what um, one of the other prompts was what they would want to be when they grow up and their what business they would want to own. And there was a kid who wanted to be a pilot and there was a kid who wanted to own a McDonald's and there was a kid who wanted to own a car wash. And it was just like all over the board. <laughs> great, great stuff. I want to tell our listeners how they can get involved. But before we do that, can I ask you, Amanda, just to describe to us what the intersection is between AmeriCorps and Metropolitan Family Service? Right. So I personally really see AmeriCorps as um, within MFS as an opportunity to be kind of the starting point of a lot of our cross-program collaboration and these integration of services that we really value at MFS that we, you know, we, we talk about these wraparound services that um, start from, you know, pre-birth through older adult lives. And with our AmeriCorps members, they are a team of members serving across these different uh, programs within MFS. So they really have that opportunity to think creatively and be learning from each other of what's happening in these different programs, economic empowerment, community schools, early childhood education, intergenerational, all of these different areas and how um, what makes sense for opportunities to collaborate and work together. Um, and oftentimes what they're testing out Things like the Pen Pal program become these really integrated services within our programs um, just based on the ideas and um, creativity of our members. And who are you hoping will apply? Everyone. <laughs> uh, but we we do, we have a, a team of 25 for next year across these five major program areas. And so we're looking for people who are truly dedicated to um, giving back to the community, uh, whether it's their own community or one that they just feel really strongly tied to and, and want to learn more from and learn more about. And so Really, we're not looking for people who have years of experience in that field. Um, as you've heard, a lot of our members are coming from a different background or, or area of study than what they end up uh, providing that service in. But but we want to make sure that people truly are committed and feel strongly about giving back and, and understanding where our communities are coming from. Terrific. Thank you so much, Amanda, Rosie, Anna, and Brittany for being here. I got you all. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you for listening to Moving Lives Forward. You can find the podcast along with other episodes on our website, prp.fm, as well as on your favorite podcast platforms. Check out our blog post on this episode for more details and links to the AmeriCorps program and how to apply for positions here in Portland or across the country. Hope you're inspired. Have a great rest of your weekend.
Thanks for joining us today for Moving Lives Forward, a podcast from Portland Radio Project in partnership with Metropolitan Family Service. This episode is produced by Nastasia Voisin, recorded and edited by Daniel Lin, and I am your host, Rebecca Webb. See you next time.